Hello, everyone. Welcome back to episode four of Movies on the Air. I'm one of your hosts, Thomas, joined by Brian. Brian, how's it going? Pretty good. Can't complain this week. Got some good movies, in my opinion, coming out. Yeah, I saw you've been very busy at the movies. Got to see some early ones. Um, All right, so let's take a look here. Today, we're going to be talking about Blue Beetle, DC's newest film. Uh, I think James Gunn has said that this character will carry over into the new DC universe, whatever they're calling it. And so let's jump into it. Um, I think you have a much more positive take on the film. So I'm going to let you go first so you can go into what you thought of the film. Maybe even if you're familiar with the character at all, um, your positives, negatives, and then uh, I'll, I'll go into mine. So, yeah, I actually really enjoyed this one. I was going into it kind of expecting to be underwhelmed or that I wouldn't really like it. I, I saw it wasn't tracking to perform very well. and it, It's performed OK, not fantastic, obviously, but I ended up really enjoying it. I think the comedy and the family elements for me made it stand above some of the other superhero movies that I've seen recently, specifically from D.C., I like the main character and I like the actor. I think he did a very solid job kind of introducing this character to people because I think for most people, this is probably their first exposure to Blue Beetle. And for me, you know, I worked in the comic book industry for a little bit there. And so I knew about the character. I kind of knew some of the previous iterations because this particular Blue Beetle, if I'm correct, I think is kind of the third iteration of this character. So it's more of a modern take. Obviously, they they reference kind of the older um, versions of Blue Beetle in the film. And I kind of liked how it paid, played homage to those characters. And without uh-huh. going into too many spoilers, it seems like maybe that'll play into future installments of this if we do get those. So yeah. I liked how it kind of had the best of both worlds. You have this newer, kind of more modern take on the character while kind of satisfying some of the fans of the original character. Mm-hmm. I don't know how many people are big Blue Beetle fans. I mean, he's not like Batman or Superman or anything like that. But I like that they did kind of show that in there and they gave everybody an opportunity. And like I said, I think the family elements were the best part of the film. I think it really yeah. added some heart to the character. You're rooting for him and you kind of wanted to see him succeed and grow with his family. So I love those. The big negative is the villain. I think the villain is pretty pointless. I think there's kind of a throwaway character that didn't need to be in the film. I mean, she's yeah. just your stereotypical CEO, bad business person. Like she doesn't have a lot yeah. of depth to her and they didn't try very hard to give her much depth. Her assistant had more depth than her, like her kind of minion. So like uh-huh. I thought he had at least a moment of clarity and someone you could sympathize with. She was just a throwaway, maniacal person. Yeah. So I I will admit I I feel like I have to go into spoilers to really delve into like my thoughts for this film. Um, so I am gonna put that at the top. If you haven't seen the movie, go see it and then come back and listen. But if you're okay with spoilers, I'm gonna go into it. I agree with you. I, I really like the family element. I thought that it was a nice change of pace considering it's not a, a big aspect of many other superhero films uh, with the exception of maybe like Shazam. Um, I really like the lead actor. I'm a big fan of Cobra Kai. I think he's a good actor. He's very charismatic. I think he does a good job as the lead character. Uh, Hame, I think is his name. Hame. Um yeah. I completely agree with you, though. The villain is is terrible. I mean, it was laughable. It was, like, so over-the-top and cringy. And Susan Sarandon, I don't even know if it was her fault. Maybe it was. I mean, the direction for her character specifically was so bad. And the story, 
didn't serve her at all. Like it, she was just so pointless. Uh, and there, in fact, there's even a part in the movie where you're like, what happened to the villain? Like you don't even know. It's just like, they just <laughs> go away from it for a bit and go more towards that minion character. And that kind of plays into the motivations that I felt like were lacking with the villains as a whole, not only with her, but I do feel like it was with him as well. And the reason I say that is because he doesn't even get that moment until like the very end. And by that point it's too late. Like I didn't care about him, you know, like had they done it earlier in the film or sprinkled it throughout the film, I thought it would have been more effective for us to understand that character and maybe we could have sympathized with him a little bit and be like, oh, okay, I can see why he's doing what he's doing. But it was just too late for me, at least by the time that reveal happened. Um, what do you think about that? No, I definitely agree that they should have utilized the the character more with the, uh, kind of her assistant. Because in a way, you get subtle hints that maybe something's going to come full circle with him. There's a point in the film where Blue Beetle kind of spares him, where he could kill him. Yeah. And he lets him go and that kind of comes full circle by the end of the film and you do know that he's kind of someone who's dealing with a lot he's put together with pieces and parts like a cyborg and you can tell he's like suffering as an individual mm-hmm. but they don't go into it like you said to like the very last scene where you really get to see his experience with this villain and kind of how she's exploited him right that's one of the main themes of this movie is the exploitation of particularly minority groups by those in power like that's yes. kind of a big yeah. big sticking point and I think that kind of emphasizes that it's a little on the nose compared to some of the other parts of the film. Mm-hmm. And like you said, with Susan Sarandon's character, she was almost a worse version of like Max Overlord or whatever the yeah. character was from <laughs> Wonder Woman 1984. And the thing is, I think that this movie harkens back to a lot of 80s action movies. It does it a lot. And I think that yeah. that is maybe something they were trying to pull out, having these kind of over the top 80s villains but she just doesn't really pull it off. Like you said, I'm not sure it's her fault. It's probably the script writing. And we've kind of moved past those kind of villains. Right. And we don't really, we want to have more complexity and someone that we can understand their motives and relate to. And I think this feels like you're turning back the clock to those kind of very simple villains. And I think that works for somebody, some people, but for me, like you said, that was the biggest kind of weak spot in the movie. Yeah, I agree. Um, Something else that just didn't really work for me. I felt like with this movie, Actually, let me start at the top. I think that people's enjoyment of this film will be somewhat dependent on their tolerance level for how many contrivances there are in the film. And I just felt like there were so many contrivances that happened in the plot that I couldn't look past it. And I want to get I want to go into what I mean. So within a 10 minute span, they realize that they need to steal something from the 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 building that. Uh, the daughter character works at. So George Lopez's character, sure enough, has some device that he's been cooking up in his in his uh, garage that just disrupts all of the security systems. <laughs> I'm like, wait, what? Like that just didn't. It was such a leap of, of logic to me that I couldn't like get on board with it. But then, like I don't know, maybe five minutes later, there's this scene where. Our, our lead character, Blue Beetle Hame, is fighting the the minion dude, and and George Lopez is with the the daughter, and they're in the they're in the car, and he's like, pull the e brake, and and we'll time it just right. And that in that that same machine that was not only used to disrupt the security system was also able to fly in the perfect direction of the villain to save 
I, I <laughs> that's just yeah. one example. And I feel like there were so many of those types of things in the movie that for me, my tolerance level for that type of stuff is very, I would say probably low. And so it really took me out uh, of the film. I'm going to be honest. And I think that's why I'm a lot more, I don't, I don't want to say this is a bad movie because I don't think it is. I think it's just somewhere in the middle. It's like a very average film because it has these really good elements that I really appreciate. But then for every good element, there's something equally like negative bringing it down for me. Did you notice the contrivances? Did it bother you? So it didn't really necessarily bother me because I think I knew right off the bat when this movie started, it was going to be a little goofy and it was going to be a mm -hmm. lot about spectacle. And I think mm -hmm. it delivered on those things. Like you said, you have to have a high suspension of belief for like this kind of superhero movie. Right. Because there is so much ridiculousness happening on screen most of the time. And I think that's why some people really enjoyed it. Because it is kind of just your really goofy, fun, entertaining superhero movie. It's not hard-hitting. It's not really grounded. And it doesn't really link to other superhero movies in any way. Mm -hmm. So I kind of liked it as its own little experience. It almost felt even at times it was hearkening to cartoons or anime with the way they would fight and the weapons they would use. I so I think, that. so I think if you look at it more from like a pure spectacle standpoint, I think it really delivers. You're right. If you want to go into kind of the plot points of it, like the villain, the plot of it is probably the weakest aspects. Yeah. So you're right. I understand how, where you're coming from on that. I think it's one of those movies where you go in, you turn off your brain, you just want to have fun. And if you're a big fan, particularly of George Lopez's comedy, that's going to have a lot to do whether you like it or not. I grew up right. with George Lopez and the George Lopez show, and I think he's really funny. So it worked right. for me. And he's kind of that, you know, conspiracy theory uncle. And looking in the you know the theater that I was in, it seemed like people, like Hispanic people really enjoyed it. I think that's yeah. the community that's going to really resonate with. And it's really going to hit home for a lot of those people. And I yeah. think that this does a solid job of doing that. So mm -hmm. I think it's one of those films where if you go into it with like a very open-minded just have fun and not it's going to be a little different than what you've seen recently from superhero movies i think it's enjoyable but you're right there's a, definitely a lot to pick out from it as far as like kind of contrivances and such right well said actually um i think that that's that's probably good advice it's like if you're going into this movie just kind of go in open-minded maybe turn your brain off a bit because if if you have a tolerance level kind of like like me when it comes to stuff like this it can really uh, have an impact on your enjoyment so i think that you're probably right i think you need you, going in with that open mind is is probably best and i didn't i didn't really jump into it i can kind of dial back i i don't have any familiarity with the character that's why i didn't really go into it at the top um so this was all new <laughs> new to me yeah. uh so i i guess from that perspective it was kind of cool but at the end of the day it, it i didn't feel like i saw anything uh, new it did feel very much you know like a oh, this is from this movie, this was from this movie, this was from this movie. And um, not that that's a bad thing because it, it did it did add in the cultural aspect and the family element. And um, so not not all bad, like I said. So if, if we had to kind of uh, pick out our favorite scene, what would be your favorite scene? Honestly, one of my favorite scenes in the movie is the scene to go into some heavy spoilers where the main character, Blue Beetle, is essentially dying. He's going to die. He got defeated. He's being all his energy is being sucked out of him, all his powers. And mm -hmm. he sees his father who dies previously in the film. I think that was one of the more impactful moments of his story and driving forward why this character is as powerful as he is and why he's so different than other heroes, because right. he draws strength from 
his family. I guess you could say it's similar in ways to Shazam. But right. like, I think those moments with him and his family and that one in particular kind of was the crescendo of him growing as a person and growing as a character. Because this movie yeah. does have some kind of coming of age elements to it as well with him as he's like growing as a person throughout the film. So I think that that part and that scene in particular was pretty interesting. It was very surreal. They go into like this very surreal, like dream afterlife state. Yeah. I think it looked interesting. The mm-hmm. movie is very stylized with kind of bright neon colors and light. And they do some interesting things with that. So I liked that scene. That was one of my favorite scenes in the movie. Yeah, that's a good scene, actually. Um, I did. I like that. I like that scene quite a bit. It It did tie into his his character becoming one with the um whatever the um yeah the, I can't suit, even think of yeah, the, the scarab the scarab, scarab there it is. powers yeah <laughs> yeah well said so that's a good scene i think my favorite scene and don't laugh i'm it might it i feel like it kind of plays into how i felt in this movie as as a whole it was the scene where he was uh talking to his sister when they were sitting on the roof looking out at the fictional city i thought that it that that there was that one shot and i thought it looked really cool i thought it symbolized what the movie was trying to go for about how here's you know this these characters and here's where they live and where they are at their lives and then here's the city and another type of class of people live there and 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 i love how there's some comedy in that scene as well because you know then it cuts over he he's on one hand he's like oh i'm gonna get a job and i'm gonna save the house and everything and then it cuts to like him working as like a uh at the at the um that mansion and so i thought that that scene was was the highlight for me because i do feel like the movie kind of went downhill <laughs> from there <laughs> for me uh so i that's why i i picked that scene yeah, I mean, it does show a good juxtaposition between like their experiences and the villains experiences, like the rich half of this yeah. city's experiences. And they even make multiple jokes in the movie about other heroes that have advantages like Superman or Batman being incredibly rich. So they right. kind of joke about why Blue Beetle's cooler because he is just poor and he has to make his way and figure things out while Batman, you know, is incredibly wealthy. So right. I thought that was interesting that they they try to drive that point forward many times. And that was a scene that you mentioned that was kind of heartfelt and was kind of the real encapsulation of that. It's like a yeah. very exposition kind of heavy scene that really is explaining the whole theme of this movie. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right. So we've kind of talked a lot about this movie. I've gone into a lot of spoilers. <laughs> um, what? Let's go into satisfying endings. Does this movie have, have a satisfying ending? I personally thought that it did. I liked the ending. It reminded me of most of the ending of like some of the earlier Fast and Furious movies, like mm. where the family's all together, the community is all together. And you really get kind of like the idea of, okay, this guy is going to be able to continue with what he wants to do. He gets the girl. It kind of is, it is satisfying. There's an after credit scene that kind of hints at where this like franchise would be going moving forward. So that kind of isn't as satisfying because it isn't really a whole lot. But I think the actual ending of the movie does a good job of bringing everybody together. It's a happy ending and you get the cool character using his powers that he fully can control now and getting the girl. So I, I liked it. I thought it was nice. Yeah, I, I'll agree. I, I think that if you do end up, you know, enjoying the movie, I think that the ending is pretty satisfying in the fact that the terrible, horrible, dreadful villain 
is dispatched and gone. And we do get that very well said, fast and furious type ending with family. That always works because it's just, you know, it's heartfelt. And who, who can't relate to that? I mean, I'm sure there's people that can't, but most people can relate to that, that family dynamic in some way. So I, I would agree. I think that it, it does have a satisfying ending. Yeah, and I thought like the the love interest throughout the film, I think their chemistry was decent and you yeah. were kind of rooting for them to yeah. be together. So you get the will they won't they throughout the film and you finally get, you know, the kiss at the end. So yeah. it works. Yeah, I'm glad you pointed that out cuz I I feel like I kind of brushed over that, but I thought she was she was pretty good in the movie as well actually. I I thought she did a good job. I've never seen her in anything before, but uh she she held her own, I thought. Yeah, I think all the actors, I mean, outside of really Susan Sarandon, honestly, yeah. I think they, they all did a very solid job. And I would be interested to see them returning for future installments or other DC works. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Okay, so what would you rate it out of 10? I think you already put up your review. You gave it. Yeah, I'd give it an 8 out of 10. I was yes. actually really surprised by it. Like I said, I go in, I went in with pretty low expectations. I haven't enjoyed most of the last few DC movies. I liked The Flash. I didn't love it. I thought this movie was better than The Flash. So I had a lot wow. of fun. I thought it was okay. a fun movie. I think I gave Flash a 7.5. So it wasn't like a huge difference. Right. But right. I did like it Close. more than Flash just because of I like the visuals better. I liked I like the characters a little bit better. I love Batman. I love Michael Keaton's Batman, but I just I thought that this movie was very refreshing compared to what I've seen recently with the multiverse and all these characters being on screen all the time. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. Uh, that's fair. I would give this movie a five out of 10. I think it's very average. Like I said, I don't think it's bad. I just, for every positive thing I point out, there's one thing I'm just like, oh man, I can't look past this. And for me, you know, if, if comparing it to recent DC films, I like Shazam 2 better and I like The Flash better. Not not saying that they're maybe much better, but um, I did enjoy those films just you know, a little bit better. And I didn't love the flash. So uh, I thought it was, you know, I thought it was pretty good, but it was definitely lacking in certain ways. Um, all right. So let's move on to hot take, which is slowly becoming my segment. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, Cause I just tend to have so many hot takes, I guess, but now really I, you know, just to reiterate, I, I said it last time. It's not the point of me coming up with these hot takes or this hot take segment isn't to be so controversial it's not to make anyone upset it's it's really just to you know share a thought an idea uh, a feeling that i have and to kind of start a conversation and so i have to let's go into the first one the first one is in this kind you kind of touched on it when we were talking about uh blue beetle you mentioned the word grounded so i'm gonna i have a hot take with that the best superhero movies are the ones that are more grounded. What say you? I mean, I think that's definitely true. I think that most people would say the best superhero movies are the Christopher Nolan um, Batman trilogy. I mean, mm -hmm. let's be honest. I, I think they are probably the best set of superhero movies ever made. And yeah. I think even the ones that people hold in the highest regard tend to be the more grounded of the MCU movies. I mean, there's yep. a few that are a little more whimsical that are popular, but people right. tend to resonate to the more grounded, hard-hitting installments of those franchises. And mm -hmm. even a film like Logan, I mean, that's a yep. incredibly well-made film that's super grounded, probably the most grounded or darkest superhero movie of all time, in my opinion. 
So yeah. I like that. You know, I, I agree with it. I think that that's probably a pretty fair opinion. I think it would probably be a majority opinion. I don't know how many people would disagree with that. Yeah, I I I would love to think that everyone agrees with that. But it, so if everyone agrees with that, why do you think is it that we're not getting more grounded superhero films? Because the reason I, I ask this is because I think that that is why superhero movies are not performing as well. Personally, it's just my uh you know take on it. I think that as we've gone away from Endgame, ever since we've left Endgame, we have been you know, nothing is grounded in our reality. Everything is now outside this world, you yeah, know, the stuff we can't relate to. It. What do you think? No, I think probably the hardest thing is that some of the heroes, especially that Marvel has already set up and used, are living in this MCU universe that is very ungrounded. It's like mm-hmm. you said, post-Endgame. And I think that it's hard for some of these franchises to get grounded directors to make grounded films. Cause like, yeah. like let's say the most recent one's probably the Batman, which yeah. I think is a very good movie. I think it did a great job, but it's not as grounded as the dark Knight trilogy. But right. I do think it's one of those things that when you make a grounded superhero movie, it's harder to not hang so much on the superhero. So like in a lot of these big spectacle films, it's just explosions and CGI and, really cool superhero fights but when you make a grounded film you have to create drama and you have to show grittiness and you have to do things that are difficult as a filmmaker and as a studio to like sign off on right so i think that the success of marvel probably hurt more grounded films from being made because even if you look at marvel's recent history they still do well most marvel movies they don't do poorly and i think that the industry has seen hey we could put out these fun family kind of bright superhero movies and they're going to make money or we can take a risk on a really grounded superhero movie and maybe it could bomb. So right. I think that's probably just a hesitancy from the market and getting a director who can helm a really well-made grounded superhero movie is not easy. Yeah. I, that is well said, actually. I, I agree um, with that analysis there. I really hope that, for the future of superhero movies, my hope is that we do start getting more grounded, more realistic, more superhero movies that feel like they're in our world and that we can connect to in more real ways. Like I I don't want all these fantastical fantasy things personally. Like I'm kind of tired of it and it's it's getting to a point where I just don't even look forward to you know, superhero movies. We were talking the other day about like what superhero movies upcoming are really excited about. And the only one that honestly I'm even somewhat excited for is not even because of the hero. It's because of the director. It's the Craven, the Hunter because JC Chandor, who I think is a great director. I trust him. And I, I loved that Netflix movie he did a few years ago, triple frontier. I think that's an excellent film. Uh, he did a most violent year. He did margin call, which is an exceptional financial type movie about the housing crisis um so i i just think that he's a really good director so i I hope that we can go back to that is is my hope but yeah yeah. and i do think it has a a bit to do with kind of disney in many ways like gobbling up some of these franchises Mm -hmm. so the mcu obviously at this point is a very ungrounded kind of franchise Mm -hmm. and now that they've taken on fox and they have 
the X-Men and all those other things going under their umbrella, I think the X-Men would have been a great opportunity for like a really grounded movie. And yeah. I just don't think they're going to do that. Maybe they'll surprise me. Maybe we'll get something very different from what they've done. But I think we've kind of moved past it in many ways. And I, I like you said, I really hope that something like a Sony with having, you know, the rights to Spider-Man and some of his villains could make something better. I mean, I lost a little faith because of Morbius, but <laughs> I'm yeah, hoping that yeah. they do something and switch it up. And maybe WB, because so many of these DC movies have underperformed in the box office, that maybe the Joker, second Joker film will be a little more. I mean, the first Joker was pretty grounded. Yeah. Maybe that one will surprise me. It seems like it's going to be a little more kind of surreal than mm -hmm. that first film. But, you know, we have they have a great stable, very dark characters that they could use moving forward. And I hope that they take that opportunity. I know with James Gunn at the helm, it may be a little more marvelized than, you know, someone like you and I would enjoy, right. but maybe he'll take some risks. Cause I mean, if, if seeing from how well they've done in the box office, they got to switch something up. Yeah. Yep. Well said my other hot take, and we don't have to spend a whole lot of time on it. We can kind of jump into our ranking, but I want to say it. I don't know about you, but I'm already kind of tired of James Gunn's DC universe and it hasn't even started. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah you get I'm not gonna sense? lie. Yeah, I do. I get the same problem because I I like James Gunn as a director. I I really enjoy the first and third Guardians films. Right, but I just think that it feels so much like almost comparable to when Joss Whedon took over directing Justice League. Like yeah, it, it feels like we are trying to turn WB and their you know DC Comics and turn everything into being more spectacle and just it's goofy. Like yeah. a lot of people, a lot people enjoy that. People love, you know, you know, the peace, peace with a peacemaker. Yeah. 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 They really enjoy that show and people seem to like his suicide squad, but it is very much taking these very dark and gritty characters and turning them into like joke machines. And I mean, right. I, I think people enjoy that. I enjoy that from time to time. I enjoy blue beetle. It's a very goofy movie, but you know, it does. I do feel like he's kind of, steering the ship in a direction that i don't personally love i know there's plenty of people that love that type of film and more power to them i'm glad if people love seeing movies like that right for me it feels like we're we're shifting away from the snyderverse which i felt had promise i felt like between aqua the original aquaman and some other properties this you know man of steel and the stuff with henry cavill put a bad taste in my mouth because I love yeah. Henry Cavill as an actor and as a person. <laughs> so yeah. they, I was hoping he was going to come back and get a real chance at a Man of Steel 2 or yep. something to really shine and kind of just, you know, James Gunn said we're doing something different. So that's right. I don't know. I guess we could be proven wrong. That's right. Well said. Well said. Um, all right. Moving on to our ranking, we are going to be ranking our top three favorite DC films, excluding the Dark Knight trilogy, because I feel like you know, either one, two, or three of those movies would definitely make our top. So we just didn't feel like uh, it was worth kind of highlighting those, even though they're amazing movies. Obviously, The Dark Knight would probably be number one for both of us. Yeah. But uh, we decided, we elected to not do The Dark Knight trilogy. Full respect to it, though. It is incredible. Probably my favorite trilogy of films ever. I don't know. I'd have to think about it's that. Definitely, but Definitely up there for me. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so I'm going to go first here. I'm going to go with my number three is the 1989 Batman film. And I have a feeling that you and I might share this one. And I think that it's, it's well-earned. I mean, this movie was so different for the time. It was dark. 
I mean, it was my childhood. Batman 1989, Mask of Zorro, Jurassic Park, Men in Black. Those were like the movies I watched over and over and over again. And Top Gun, of course. Those were the movies for me. So it was hard for me not to include it in my ranking. It was really cool. I think, what, a year or two years ago, we actually went to the theater and got to see the 1989 Batman on the big screen, which was really cool because I'd never – I didn't think I'd ever get to see it that way. So – Michael Keaton as Batman's great. Jack Nicholson is iconic as the character. Uh, so that's my number three. It was it was close though. I was I was thinking about doing the Snyder cut Justice League, but you know it's four hours. And yeah. I just I couldn't do it. No, yeah, it, that is a good movie, but yeah, you know, you're right. It's a little a little a little too long, but it's it's close to making my list as well. I I also have nine batman 99 on my list maybe a little higher up than you okay but i i agree i think it's a movie that really kind of set the trend for superhero blockbuster movies moving forward and seeing gotham in like tim burton's vision of this very dark and actually like comic like gotham uh-huh. i think is something that's really fascinating seeing the sets and like you said jack nicholson as the joker was phenomenal him in that yeah. role was fantastic obviously we get heath ledger's version later which is just as if not better than his right. version very right. different but still very incredible and batman's just i mean let's be honest the best movies are the batman movies whether it's yeah. you know the tim burton films or the nolan films or even robert pattinson's newest film they're just good they're just yeah. he's an easy superhero to make he's easy to to relate to because of his struggles and like you, you know, said what about gritty films the batman movies you can't be beat them with that right exactly 100 percent. so what's your third so my number three is actually man of steel okay. so i i really enjoyed this film I, after coming off of the nolan trilogy i didn't know what was going to happen with you know what they're going to do with superman with him not being at the helm i think Zack snyder really cemented his ability to make a superhero film with this movie. There's another Zack Snyder film that's also on my list that I enjoy quite a bit as well. Okay. I think that introducing Henry Cavill as Superman, he just, he feels like Superman to me. I know that I didn't grow up with Christopher Reeves or any of the other Supermen, and I'm sure they're phenomenal and I've seen a few of the movies, but he looks and feels like Superman to me. And I think he did a great job. I think the story sets a very good origin story moving forward with him. That's why I was so disappointed that he felt underutilized in that role. And we're not going to get to see him anymore in the future. But I think it has great moments. I think it has some cool visuals. I liked Zod in the film. It has a very dark moment for Superman. I know it's controversial, him killing Zod at the end of the film. Oh, it's great. But I think it's a great scene. You see him emotionally break down because he has to do something that he doesn't want to do to save mm-hmm. the world essentially. So you know, it has its classic tropes, the sky beam stuff and everything like that. But it was one of the first movies to have the sky beam. So, yes, it was. So they can blame all the other movies for making that bad going forward. But I think it's a, I think it's a good film and I wish we would get more Henry Cavill. Absolutely. That played perfectly in my number two. I couldn't agree more man of steel. This, this movie was, it cr- was a movie that grew on me. Cause I'm not going to lie. When I first saw it in theater, I don't know that I loved it. I liked it. But I, I had to let it kind of – I had to sit with it for a bit and then rewatch it. And once it really clicked for me, it, it, it really just works. I mean I think it's it's so good, and I – it is perfectly – like imagine making a superhero – a Superman movie where your lead character has all these different powers, but Zack Snyder was able to make it feel real. Right. Like I, I bought it. I bought that he, this, you know, he came down in the ship and he crashed and he grew up on the farm with his family. And then he become, you know, Superman. And 
I I think that this movie is probably the most underrated superhero movie ever. Uh, I think now people definitely appreciate it, but as far as like if you look at like critic ratings, they're way off. Like I'm sorry, like they are too low. I think that this movie, what it what it did for its time, it was ahead of its time. I think that uh, the Michael Shannon as Zod gives a great performance. I think the action is outstanding. A bit, you know, there's a few instances where it looks a little too CGI, but you can't really i don't know how you get away from that in in this type of movie i thought they did a good job of blending it with with practical and everything just looked so cool i love the way the movie looked from the color grading the cinematography is it a little heavy-handed with the religious overtones at parts maybe but i don't care i thought it worked really well i like this the symbolism and i like i love henry cavill as superman and i thought that amy adams was a good uh, Lois Lane and I love the ending I think it's great that he had to um, kill Zod in the end and that scene just showed that his face in that moment showed truly what a great actor Henry Cavill is and it's just it really is a shame that we are now moving away from it. I can't it's even hard for me to get on board with it I mean eventually maybe I'll you know once we actually see what whatever James Gunn's doing we will get on board but it seems hard to um, for me yeah, I, I agree. And like you said, it it has some really iconic moments, whether it be the Zod scene or even when he first takes flight. Yeah, that scene's really well. Oh, and the score, too. So the, good. Score is, the score is great. So, like, <laughs> I think it took some of those elements that Nolan perfected. And he I think he took inspiration from some of that. Yeah, and maybe at some points it's a little bit of a detriment to the movie because of the color grading. I know that's a big criticism of the movie that it's too desaturated. Oh, I but, love it. But I think that yeah. is like a holdover and it keeps it more grounded. Like if it was yeah. very colorful and he was very bright, I mean, you'd be getting kind of Smallville elements as great as yes. Smallville is. Right. So I think that you're right. I think it's a it's a great holdover from like the Nolan times. And I wish it would have been the launching pad that it should have been instead of yes. being kind of a footnote in DC history. Absolutely. Well said. The music is chef's kiss. It's perfect. I love I love the music in the, in the movie. Uh, all right. What is... Your uh, what's your next one? So my number two movie is actually Watchmen from 2009. And like I said, this is another Zack Snyder film. I think it is one of the grittiest and darkest takes on superheroes and the genre of what superhero movies are. Seeing these flawed individuals, these very dark characters and their struggles of being superheroes and kind of what that means. I don't think we've seen that explored as much in depth in this movie as we have since really. And right. I think that this movie being coming out in 2009, I mean, you're talking about right after Iron Man, essentially, you're getting kind of do two very different experiences of what a superhero movie can be. And right. I think it's kind of grown on people. Also, the show has come out and people enjoy the show as well. Yeah. But I think taking this graphic novel and spinning it on its head to make it so dark and so grounded and just I think it I think it works well. I think it's so different than anything that we've seen in a superhero film. So that's why I enjoy it, because I think. Yeah, just I think it's a great Zack Snyder launching pad too. This is pre Man of Steel, mm-hmm. so you kind of get you know he's getting his feet wet making a superhero movie. So yeah, I think it's I think I would love to. I haven't even watched the show. I need to watch it, but I mm-hmm. really I really enjoyed the movie. Uh boy, I would what I would give to have more superhero movies, just a little bit like that. You know, like I don't I don't even love Watchmen. I think it's a good movie. Actually, I might even think it's a really good movie. It's been a while since I've watched it. I probably need to rewatch it, but. I would just love to see something that artistic and creative and 
I, I agree that it, it definitely stood for something different at the time. And even today, you know, there, like you said, there's really nothing like it. There's the TV show. I know there's that show on Amazon, the boys that is kind of a darker take on superheroes, although different, I know it's different than Watchmen, but darker take on superheroes. Nonetheless, um, good yeah. pick. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's just one of those movies that really deals with the morals of what being a superhero is and what your responsibilities are and, how you can be a bad person. The boys is a good, you know, comparison. It's much yeah. more comedic, but it right. is kind of similar in that facet. But it's taken us this long to get right. something like it. And I think right. that's why the boys is so popular because it goes absolutely the, the moral quandaries. Mm-hmm. I hundred percent agree. Hundred percent agree. Good choice. I, I like that one. Um, awesome. All right. So my number one, it was so very clear for me because other than the Nolan movie, this is. This is the Nolan trilogy, I should say. This is probably, I don't know, the first Iron Man is still really high for me, but in Endgame, I really like. But the first Wonder Woman um, with Gal Gadot and um, Chris Pine, I think that this movie is uh, just awesome. I I didn't think that I would really love a Wonder Woman movie because I've never really cared for the character too much. Not because I don't think she's cool. I just wasn't really familiar with, with the character. So I didn't have that natural like uh, gravitation towards it. But once I saw this movie, I remembered what, what these, what, why movies are so special. Gal Gadot and Chris Pine have incredible, incredible chemistry. Uh, I would argue it's the best on-screen superhero chemistry of all time i think that they are electric i think it's very clear why chris pine was shoehorned into the sequel which god bless the sequel but it was not very good um what they were able to capture though with that first one in the time period setting with world war one it's just excellent it's so good i i know some people really don't like the third act uh i don't mind it you know like it, it had to go somewhere and do 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 I love the third act? No, but I I thought it it the rest of the movie was so brilliant that like when it got to the third act, I was like, oh okay, like now we're into the superhero stuff. But like there are so many great moments leading up to that, particularly when she's on the the battlefield and she has to walk and she's her shield. I mean, it's just it's just so good. Uh, I I love it. I think it's it's great. I think Chris Pine is the most underrated actor out there i would like tom cruise is my favorite actor brad pitt's pretty up there but then chris pine is also up there for me i think those three are just uh they're just awesome they're just great actors awesome awesome guys so uh that's my number one yeah i i agree i think that's a phenomenal movie it's one of those great early dc films like i said they were setting up something really incredible and she like first appeared in batman v superman but kind of getting her full experience and her growth as a character and getting her full backstory i think it was well done i think patty jenkins does a great job of showing a strong female lead and showing those strong female components without it ever feeling you know manufactured it didn't feel like we're trying to get these themes across because we want to check a box and know this character really was a compelling and fully fleshed out character right and i think that like you said the battlefield scenes that original like wonder woman theme song is pretty cool how they fit how they work that in there so I think that, like you said, I think it's one of the better DC films, and that one like just missed my list. That's like a that's like a top tier for me too. Yeah, absolutely. All right, what's your number one? So my number one is was your number three, Batman, nineteen eighty nine. Yep. And we talked a lot about it already, but I think it is 
kind of the quintessential launching pad of most people watching DC films. I know there's the previous, you know, Superman films that came out that are high, held in high regard, but Tim Burton's vision coming onto screen. I wish I would have, I had Batman Returns on my list when I was going further down to, to my number four slot, actually. Oh, well, so yeah. I really like the Tim Burton Batman films. I think they feel very comic book related. Like a lot of times I think we've shifted to either being big huge spectacle things are being very very grounded this one kind of is a blend of both because mm-hmm. you get big spectacle from kind of the sets and everything but it also is grounded because it's batman he's not doesn't have as many powers right but i i, I just love it i think it's it's a feel-good movie it's something that brings me back to my childhood michael yeah. is my personal favorite batman oh wow I, okay i think there's a lot of things about it that would have been my hot take but there's your hot take of, i don't know how hot of a take it is though i feel like it's between him and christian bale but i feel like I don't know. I just love this movie. I think a lot of people hold it in high regard. People that are our age or older, it's like their Batman movie sometimes. Mm-hmm. So it's the their first introduction to that. So I, I love it. It's one of my favorite movies. Yeah, very well said. There we go. That's our top three DC movies. Notice how I feel like most of them are definitely more grounded. I mean, like you said, 1989 Batman does have style to it, but I almost I chalk that up more to style than like fantasticalness. Um, yeah definitely more grounded i think that that's if that's saying anything if any studio ever comes across our podcast please please <laughs> grace us with more grounded superhero yeah, films if we could just get pre like superhero formula movies i feel like all the superhero movies now feel so formulaic yes. for the most part with the exception of you know your standouts like the you know the batman or joker even yeah. deadpool is a little different than most yeah movies. a little different yeah but i would love to see more interesting characters maybe yeah. bring in some new people v for yeah. that was on like farther down my list too mm-hmm. that's another movie that is so different so i'd love for him to take some of these smaller properties instead of always us just getting more and more of the same characters over and over again right right i yes uh well well said uh that's gonna do it uh i think next next podcast we'll probably dive into gran turismo i know you've seen it you are a big fan it's great yeah (laughs) i don't i don't care what anybody says that movie is one of my favorite movies of the year that's awesome i'll I'll go into it more next week but i have a lot to say about it perfect i'm gonna see it hopefully i'll be on vacation next week so we may take a break i don't know i uh we'll see uh, we might have to take a, a week off, but one surely that our next episode will be about Gran Turismo. We will do the best ranking for video game movies of all time because I definitively know what number one is <laughs> without even seeing Gran Turismo. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, all right. So, Brian, any final words before we wrap up? Nope, that's it. Good talking. Like I said, I'm excited to talk about Gran Turismo next week because it's if you get a chance, go support that movie. We need more movies like this movie. I know it's probably going to bomb, but I want people to go check it out. <laughs> it is going to bomb. You know what? Well said. Go see the movie. I haven't even seen it yet, but you know what? I am going to see it, and more people need to go see it because we need more movies like this. You know, I, I want to see Neil Blomkamp make a comeback so that we finally get the next District 9 because that movie is exceptional, and that's it all I'm going to say about fantastic. that. Uh, All right. Well, that'll do it. Thank you, everyone, for listening, and we will see you next time. I hope you have a great week. See ya. See ya. Bye-bye.